Profanity Nation. Yeah, it's the new era of man for some old school fans with a new school brand. We got money on the mic with the plan in hand. And Stat Pat to his left, they go hand in hand. And to the right, we got Simpster, he putting it down. It's the Profanity Nation, we running the town. Yeah, it's the Profanity Nation. Profanity Nation. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Profanity Nation podcast, where we are the voice of the professional fan. Another week has gone by. The NBA playoffs are continuing, but today we have a great guest in studio. I'm excited. We yes, are sir. excited, but let's get started first. Let's introduce my buddies as always. Money Mike, how you doing? Hey, you know, I'm good today, man. You know, the Lakers have been gone for about two weeks now. So, so you're getting over it? My recovery time is, <laughs> is kind of subsided. So yeah, we're we good. I'm happy. Excited to have a Brian in the house. Absolutely. I want to ask the first question, though. All right, you got it. All right, cool. Scott, Pat, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. Like, like Mike said, man, you know, the, the Laker hangover is, you know, it's a little bit, you know, a little bit, it's going away. But, <laughs> Time um, heals all wounds. Yeah, but good thing, good thing we got the Clippers, though. <laughs> good thing we have the Clippers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah, Clippers yeah. are doing it uh, almost like, exactly yeah, what we expected. Making it, making it a little yeah. bit, you know, making it easing it. Easing exactly. A little bit. But with, with no further ado, let's... It, can I introduce our guest, absolutely, please? Absolutely. All right, let me introduce our guest. Uh, we have with us, we have an incredible guest. We have Brian Peterson. Brian Peterson uh, does quite a few things. We met Brian because he was unveiling a Kobe mural on uh, Hollywood Boulevard that we're definitely going to get to, and we're even going to play a video here. But uh, he does a lot, so we're going to get into everything. But first, let me introduce Brian Peterson. How are you doing, Brian? Hey, I'm good, man. Uh, I'm also mourning the loss of the Lakers in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Shout out to my wife. She got me a... A Kobe jersey. I love it. Oh, it's nice, it's it's so this is the first time I'm wearing it. Oh, 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 okay. sweet. Okay, nice. so so if you if you happen to be joining us or listening online or listening on Clubhouse, you can always hop right onto our Facebook or our YouTube channel and see the the Kobe jersey and see all of us here. We're actually in our good news sports yeah. shirts good news today. Sports. Shout so, out to the sports. Uh, good news sports. News. So um, I would like to, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead. I have a video of when uh, the the mural was presented. So uh, if you don't mind, let's go ahead and play that for a second, okay? We can't dunk. We can't win championships. We don't have his expertise. But the Kobe that you're going to see here today, the storytelling Kobe, is something we can all do. Every single one of us has the power to tell stories, to leave a legacy, to pass down things from generation to generation. And at this wall, you'll see a crescendo of Kobe's life. You'll see the championships he won, crescendoing to his what he believes is one of his highest achievements, which is storytelling for a younger generation. So let this wall be an inspiration to you to build legacy, to build community, to inspire youth, and to carry on what Kobe left here for us all. Thank you guys for joining. We are gonna do... Hey, we're gonna do a countdown right now. I've always wanted to do this too. So I want you to count with me. We're gonna count from five to, to zero, right? Five. Four, three, two, one. That is beautiful. Absolutely amazing. Amazing. Thank you, thank that you. was amazing. It still feels, it doesn't feel real even watching it with you guys. Yeah, no, you did. You did not only a great job of uh, hey, presenting it, speech. but I mean, obviously, the speech is great. Was that from the dome? Was that from the dome? Yeah, that, you would already practice. That was like 100% freestyle. Like Jay-Z, Lil Wayne, like just went right from the heart. Yeah, okay. That's dope. That makes it doper, man. No script. Y'all like, oh, man, he practiced that good. He got the tone up and down. You write an impression. Yeah. Yeah, he, he handled the crowd just <laughs> right. Absolutely. Just right. I Absolutely. Felt the man, mama mentality. Just go. <laughs> right. Let's let's get started with that. I'm sure. Right, That's the first question. Yes, you do. You're right. Go. How is your mom, man? <laughs> man, yeah, your mom is live. Yo, your great. mom. Your Yo. mom is so live, man. Yes. You, you know your your family as a whole. They're all great. You know, gracious. <laughs> I met them all. But your mom, man. Dude, my mother is wild. She was trying to come on the show. <laughs> if, if my mother had a podcast, she'd be talking. <laughs> we need to get her one. She's amazing. Yeah, my mom's good. Thank you. Good, good, good. Okay, cool. Now, now we got that. All right, beautiful. Go ahead, Jeff. All right. Well, I know our <laughs> listeners would love to know. They, If they haven't already seen it, please, you can now go onto our Facebook or YouTube as soon as we're done and see the video. Or I'm sure you can go ahead and Google uh, Kobe Mural, Hollywood Boulevard, Oscar Mural. It's going to show up. Uh, Brian Peterson, any 
which way it's going to show up. But why don't you go ahead and explain a little bit why this mural specifically and how it came to you and then also the location. Yeah. So, okay, a couple parts to that question. Please. The first part is um, I actually did a mural of um, Kobe and Mookie Betts in Chinatown yep. with a friend of mine named Damon. We painted that a couple months before. We were out with um, a film crew, and they were kind of recording our process, why we did that mural, et cetera. And I'm sitting there talking to them, and it's just like, man, like the only way I can describe it is that it, it felt like divine, where I, I said, stop filming. I think I just got an idea. And the production team was like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, I said to them, no one's done the mural that Kobe would have wanted us all to do. And they're like, nah, man, there's like 800 of them. <laughs> and I'm like, no, nah, I think there's one missing. And I said, it, there's no mural of him holding his Oscar. Nobody was and thinking yeah, of that. No, like we all love the Lakers, Kobe, like all of us do, you know, but Kobe, that, that was his moment. And I'll tell you later on, we'll discuss a little bit when Vanessa came, but yeah. Um, so then I guess I went crazy. I went Mamba mentality on myself. <laughs> and the next day I was up and down Google street view on my phone, looking for a wall on Hollywood Boulevard to offer my free service. I mean, you knew the location had to be Hollywood. I knew for it this. had yeah. to be Hollywood Boulevard. I saw the impact of what it looks like when you put a mural in its right environment. Yeah. And I knew it had to be that environment because that's where he won the Oscar the Dolby theater. Mm -hmm. And so I actually found a garage that I thought was the perfect wall. And I was like a madman calling every single security team that manages that garage trying to find the owner. And I couldn't find the owner. I kept reaching other numbers. And finally, one security guard who I called three times already, he's like, I don't know, man, just call this number. And he gave me some other number. I called it, laid out the vision that I wanted to paint Kobe holding an Oscar, yada, yada, yada. And the lady, her name was Lindsay on the phone. She's like, look, I'm sorry, we don't own that wall, but we do manage Hollywood and Highland. Dolby Theater, that whole complex. And she said, I want this project. And I accidentally called the company that manages that property. And she's like, stop looking for that other wall. We'll do everything we can to make sure this ends up on our property. And she didn't see my artwork. She didn't, she didn't know if I was like a good artist, a bad artist. Like, she had no idea, but I think it was the passion. Yeah. And it's that idea. How many times did Kobe talk about cold calling? Yep. Right. Like, that's what he did right. Like all his, his, his whole life. He would cold call people. And that's what I did. And that's how it happened by accidentally calling the management team of the it does sound divine wow yeah. <laughs> again you know when things just kind of lay themselves out in front of you like that you just know it's meant to be yeah yeah and, and, but and see it, what i'm hearing what i'm hearing is you got on that security no, nerve so bad he said <laughs> look i don't want them to call me anymore yeah. i'm gonna give him the person yeah, you know what I mean. That's what, that's what I heard. I heard he was like, "Look, he had, he had Lizzie's number it the worked. first time he called." Squeaky wheel, squeaky wheel. Right. So he had Lizzie's number the first time he called. Yeah. He got time to call. He said, "Look, yeah, I know what to do. I'm going to go ahead and give him the the person so he'll stop calling me." Yeah, but let let this be a lesson to the listeners too. Right. Like, if you got a dream on your heart, like yeah. you need to go after it until you're obnoxious. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. you need to get right. on people's nerves to make right. it happen. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. That's what yeah. Because yeah. now that security guard will be like, I'm the reason why that <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, He's like, I have a piece of that. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. for me, he would never get that done. Yeah. Yeah. So then I just want to add a couple yeah, things. Yeah, please. So um once the once the Hollywood and Highland management team said we, we want this project. Then she reached out a couple of days later. She's like, look, design some artwork. But the first step, the first thing we'll have to do is get it approved by the Academy. So here I am on the on the other end of the phone, like, like the Academy. And I, I thought it was dead. I was like, there's no way. There's no way the Academy is going to approve my art. Came back approved. First time. Yeah. First, first, first go round. Yeah, they, I sent them a proof and they loved it. And then she's like, all right, in order for this to happen, we got to reach out to the Bryant estate. And I was like, oh, it's, it's for sure. So you're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like if, it's, if the Academy, the, all right, the Bryan Estate will kill this. And then came back that they loved it. Right? And nice. I think it was a testament to what that moment meant for Kobe and his family and his legacy and his plans for the next. Where he was going. Yeah, exactly. where he was going. Yeah, so I agree. I can yeah. see why it touched the family yeah. in a new way, wow. right? I nice. agree. I agree. Yeah, that's incredible. Now, um, if I recall, you didn't have a whole lot of time to paint this, right? Go ahead. Go ahead and go through that process a little bit. Well, so the approval process was really wild, something like I've never experienced. And so I was actually in Miami on vacation and I was packing my bags to come home and I got a call and they said, the wall's approved. Can you start like now? <laughs> <laughs> so I landed in LA at six o'clock PM. I drove home, got my truck, loaded it with all the paint, 
and drove back that night and started the wall around 8.30 p.m. And it took three and a half days to finish. I had to get it done because they had three the days? reveal on Friday. Yeah, so I started wow. on like Tuesday. They did not give you any time. It was like, get going. Yeah, so all the press and media, everybody was going to be there. So they're like, we need it done by this day. And, and, like, and so they created a deadline. For I had to go full Mamba. Man, though. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean, but, but you already had the proof, obviously, because, you know, you had submitted it. Yeah, over. yeah. Okay. I had the, the digital file. It was all approved. I, had, I actually already bought all the paint colors, so they were sitting you in knew. my house. Everything was you ready to go. Faith. It was all new. in one box. You were ready. Once they said yes, I told my wife, I'm like, when I land in L.A., I got to go paint. And I what? started at 8.30 at night. Wow. What's the process? I'm actually curious from, from taking it from your computer and scaling it. Yeah. I mean, is that what is that? Is that a standard process or is that different depending on the wall? What, what? Yeah, well, I think a lot of artists use different processes. I personally use a projector. I, I always guarantee to my client that what you see on that paper is exactly what's going to be on the wall. Wow. And so what I do is I take my computer out, a little in-home projector. And a lot of artists will say like, oh, he's cheating, da, 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 da. But I honestly believe in working smarter than harder. Right. And I think technology is here for us to exploit it and use it and grow with it. Right. Yeah. We're all using technology right now to speak to people around the exactly. world. Yeah. When exactly. I'm not, you know, and so so I use a projector and then I just get on the lift and outline it with a spray can and then come in in the daylight because I have to do that at night. I come in in the daylight and then just start painting in all the colors. Wow. That's, I mean, do you know anybody else who uses that process? Or have you ever heard of anyone else? Um, yeah, I think, I think yeah, a many. couple. Yeah, okay. so, so one, most artists won't tell you that they use it. Oh, okay. They, I, I don't care. I'm just like, I don't, you, you know, for, for me, it's, 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 I, I can tell you one thing. If I did that same with that thing, it wouldn't look like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, first of all, we can't see the art is when you created the picture itself yeah, yeah. And, and then scaling it for the wall is is another step but the artist creating the picture i mean that came straight from you that's your yeah. you know that's, yeah. that's what you instantly thought of that day when the divine came down yeah, yeah. The, the picture itself was like it's obviously referenced from a photograph yeah but I, I love that process of creating the shapes over the photograph like how can i break up a, a smooth photo of Kobe's face into intricate little triangles and hexagons and all kind of fun it. shapes right. that but, really kind of invite you in, you know? But I, I'm thinking about that like there has to be a whole lot of math involved too because of the size of the wall that you're going to put it on, yeah, right? Yeah. So, because see, I would have been my uncoordinated behind. I can't get this right. <laughs> yeah. His head would have been over to the left. Yeah. No, uh, one you know, little eye. Right. Little <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's. Probably how difficult is that to line it up exactly how you want it to be? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so that wall, I couldn't get far enough back because I'm on a balcony. So yeah, I couldn't get right. far enough back so that the projector would project it in one shot. So I had to I had to project it in four different quadrants, Damn. which means all the quadrants got to line up. You got to be like super particular in Photoshop about getting the shapes to line yeah. up because one or two things not lined up. And all of a sudden it's not Kobe. And there's a few of those out there, but still, I love the heart that went into them, but there are some, yeah, there's a lot of them. Out yeah. There. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, I love the heart and what they, what they, I do to too, through, but so. some of them, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so I seen one that Kobe looked like Tupac. I was like, right. man, like, you, yeah. got the, like you got the wrong yeah. one. Yeah. Like, dude, no, he had like a Laker jacket on. Right. I'm like, dude, that's Tupac. Yeah. That's not Kobe, right? yeah. The only reason why you know it's Kobe because he got the jersey on. Yeah, right? and you like, 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 you know, you would hey, pull hey, the jersey. Hey, that's like, the case. I'm Kobe right you now. Know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, damn. Right. Right. Okay. So, so you mentioned briefly that you did have a special guest uh, visit, and I believe that happened uh, just before you were going to unveil it, um, which was postponed. But we'll skip over that. (laughs) Um, Tell us a little bit about that, please. Yeah. So, um, how were you notified? And was it short notice as well? (laughs) What were you doing? I'm I'm going to share something breaking with you guys. Okay. All right. it has to do with my faith first. So this is this is even like aside from this conversation about the wall. So there's some mentors in my life and a, a, a husband and wife, Teresa and Kevin Dedman. And Teresa sat me down four years ago and prophesied to me that I would become a mural painter and be painting all around the world. She prophesied my first mural and was like, you will do this. And I was like, I kind of thought she was crazy at first. And a month later, I was doing exactly what she said. So when this whole Kobe thing happened, they were in town. We went out to dinner and I was telling them about it. And her husband, Kevin, who also speaks so much life into me, he goes, just get ready because Vanessa's coming. He's like, you're going to meet Vanessa. 
And, and this project is going to be a light to her. It's going to be joy to her. It's going to be a moment where, where she really feels like, like, like this has impacted her heart. And I'm sitting at the dinner table, like, okay, like I usually think you guys are crazy because your dreams for me are so big, but they always happen. And I love them for that. Right. And, um, so once I knew we had to get the approval of the Bryant family, it was like, okay, there's a possibility if Vanessa Bryant approved this, that maybe she'd come see it. Who knows? Mm -hmm. So on Wednesday, I, I get word from Hollywood and Highland. The day before the planned revealing, right? The, yeah, it had to be done Thursday night because mm -hmm. Friday morning, 6 a.m., they were setting up yep. that, that tent, I mean, the, the curtain. So Wednesday, I don't know, afternoon or whatever, they come out and they're like, hey, Vanessa's coming. <laughs> and the original plan was she's coming Friday morning super early. So I'm like, okay, got to get this done. And then an hour or two later, they're like, scratch that. She's coming Thursday night. <laughs> and, I, and at that oh point, like, the wall was like halfway done. And I'm like, oh, gosh, right? And so we finished the wall on Thursday night at 9.58 p.m. Vanessa Bryant and her uh, publicist came walking around the corner at 10.03. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, wow. So I'm like, I'm like, paint's still wet. Paint, paint's wet. <laughs> hands are filthy. I stink. I'm sweaty. And Vanessa Bryant comes walking around the corner and it was just like, it was like the culmination of those, all those three and a half days, all the exhaustion left. It was just pure excitement. There was a video team there. So they lit the wall. Beautiful. It was like the most theatric moment for her. And um, her reaction was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was everything. You, you know, nice. that, that's really, like you said, um, there's so many uh, Kobe murals, not to discredit any of them, but it really says a lot that with so many out there, this one is so unique and does hit such a special part of Kobe's life mm -hmm. after basketball that it, it, it seemed right that she would come out yeah. um, and fitting yeah. for, for that. Yeah. Uh, we have tons more to talk about. Uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, be sure to uh, support our sponsors. So we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to the Profanity Nation. The Profanity Nation is now the official podcast of the Los Angeles Lakers fan club on Clubhouse. Be sure to join over 5,000 strong and growing. Also, text LAKERS to 22828 for a chance to win a free t-shirt. Again, text LAKERS to 22828 for a chance to win a free t-shirt. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for sticking around. Of course, we are the official podcast sports show of the Los Angeles Lakers fan club on the clubhouse yes, yes. app. So if you want to take part in our show, if you want to take part in our Q and A's with our guests and us and talk about the Lakers, the NBA and anything else, join the clubhouse app, get on there, join the Los Angeles Lakers fan club room, and you will be able to join our show every Sunday, every Sunday live at 8.30 p.m. We are here in that room, so be sure to join that. Uh, we have Brian Peterson with us, of course, Money Mike, Stab Pat, and yours yep. truly, Simsta. Uh, let's continue here really quick, Brian. Um, now, you know, obviously this isn't the first mural. We said we, we've done some Kobe murals or anything, but you also have a really amazing project <clears throat> that, that you've created, um, and it's called Face of Santa Ana and I'd really love to hear about that as well if you don't mind sharing that yeah for sure so let's see about five years ago now I was actually on my couch reading this book called love does and the book is basically about what does it mean to make love in action what does it mean to that love is doing something right and so I'm reading this book about loving my neighbors and I hear this man screaming outside of my building a man experiencing homelessness and so something hit my heart where I said, man, this guy's my neighbor and I don't even know his name. Like I, I, I actually call him the screaming homeless man in my household. Right. And so I was just, man, I was wrecked with like conviction. I looked at my wife and said, we got to get to know his name. Like we can't just, we, we can't, we can't just be normal. We got to be abnormal here. And like can't at least this man's name. So two days later I was I just on my way home from work and felt this nudge to go look for the screaming homeless man, as I labeled him, found him a block away from my house, sat down and had a conversation with Matthew. And in the midst of this conversation, um, I, I felt like I saw like beauty in the struggle almost like, you know, he wasn't shaven. He probably hadn't showered in a year. His clothes were disheveled, but him telling me his story and his dreams and his life, like there was beauty there. And so I hadn't painted in nine years. So it wasn't like I was looking for my next subject or anything, but I just asked him on a whim. I said, hey, Matthew, can I paint a portrait of you? And he said, yes. And I painted a portrait of Matthew. 
And now I have an organization called Faces of Santa Ana, where I go into my neighborhood, paint portraits of my neighbors, sell the artwork, and use the money to help them out. So as an example, That's awesome. That's as an, thank you. As an example, we, we recorded a full studio album for Matt with the money from his painting. So fast forward, I've painted about 50 paintings, sold about 40 of them or so. And now we're growing into other cities. We have an artist in Detroit and Riverside mm -hmm. and wow. Anaheim. So we have mm -hmm. faces of Detroit, Riverside and Anaheim. And now that's part of a larger organization that I've formed called Faces of Mankind. And my dream is to mobilize artists around the world to use their gifting to go into their neighborhoods and tell stories of the invisible, disenfranchised people that don't normally have a voice. And it's happening as That a lot of people choose to ignore. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. That's and, simple. That's and, dope. And so That's the, dope. the paintings are always full of life, full of color. Mm -hmm. I never depict Very the Very colorful. Yeah, they're never laying on a bench with never depressing. eyes, depressing. No, no, no. It's always like, hey, man, this is how I feel like God sees you. You're way more than this circumstance that you find yourself in. You're, you're bright. You're full of color. You're full of hope. And it's like I try to hold up a mirror and say, what if you saw yourself this way? So that's what I do. That's Faces of Santa Ana. And, um, oh, okay. Um, and then um, you also have painted some murals I've seen uh, of these these uh, portraits that you've made, correct? Yeah. Uh, on some, are they on homeless shelters? Or you have a, first tell everybody your site where they can go to, yeah. to get this information, please, for Santa Ana. Yeah, so my site is facesofsantaana.com. If you want to see our greater organization, it's facesofmankind.org, and you can see all the artists doing amazing things in other cities. But yeah, I've done a couple buildings that I've painted faces of people experiencing homelessness on these buildings. Some of them are permanent supportive housing units for the homeless. Others are actually just shelters. So I've become like in Orange County, I'm like the artist that all the development companies will call when they're building a project and they want Looks it to so be so bright. Yeah. Yeah. You, can, you can build a beautiful building, but when you put art on it, it makes it personal. It makes mm -hmm. it like real. So I get to be that guy. Yeah. That, that's dope. Yeah. I mean, Cause you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's a combination of everything, right? You're doing something that you love to do. Yeah. You're, you're given, and you would imagine that, you know, my, my, we call them houseless in my family because my daughters are Girl Scouts and they, they want to help people. So we call them houseless because they have a place, they just don't have a house. But yeah. they, that's where <laughs> they live. So we call them houseless. Um, but if, when I can imagine when you are painting them and you show them in a different light of themselves, yeah. how the self esteem probably, you know, grows within them and that they didn't even know that they had because you don't see them as dirty and, disgruntled and, and, yeah. and crazy. You see them as actually as human beings, which is what everybody, you know, no matter what state you are in or status you are in, they want to still feel like they're human. So they matter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I'll ask people, you know, what color do you want me to paint you in? And you guys, like, I feel like it's like eight times out of 10, they'll say, oh, like grays and blacks. Oh, no. Right. And it's just it's, it's how they're feeling. They're yeah. feeling dark. Right. They're feeling mm -hmm. unseen. They're feeling mm -hmm. dim. Right. And I'm always like, no, 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 man. Like you're going to be full color. Right. Like all kinds of colors, you know, and it, it, it's really special. Like we have a museum show open right now. It's open till August 11th. Awesome. It's at a place called Museo in downtown Anaheim. It's called okay. the Faces of Mankind show. And one of my clients um, who's experiencing houselessness, right? right. <laughs> she actually um, her daughter took her to the show. So she's walking into a legit museum, like it's a museum with like museum lighting, museum ambiance, museum feel. And she's seeing herself on the wall in the museum and she's weeping, right? Because mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, this is a lady that gets passed up every day on the street. Right. She might be panhandling, who knows, right? But to see yourself in the museum, what does that do to the intangible side right. of your heart, right? right? And that's what we're about. We're about working in that unseen realm, the, the heart space of a person. Yeah. We do that through it's art. amazing it's amazing and what what i love about it is that it just it just came as an inspiration again uh, most of your work uh, you it doesn't sound like you really <laughs> plan out way far in advance you inspiration strikes you hit it you move and you make it happen yeah that's it is man i i believe with all of myself that naiveness is one of like your greatest gifts like and we're we're, we're often like forced to like suppress being naive like you want to be like shrewd you want to know have it all planned out you want to know abc and all the way to z but everything that i've started everything that's come out of my life has been like this naiveness of like okay i'll say yes to that 
I don't know where it'll go, right. but I'll just say yes right now. And it's uncomfortable and it's scary and it seems stupid at the time. All those things. And that's, yeah, this is <laughs> yeah, it, it is how we honestly, it's how I believe we all felt. Right. We, we were resolute and absolutely we were going to start this show but we were like we have we, we, <laughs> we have no idea what we do yeah no, you know no. so same thing like, <laughs> I, I mean, but it's so crazy because like I, I, we were telling you off here two years ago we went thinking about doing a podcast or yeah. anything, and, then, and then it just became a conversation conversation became an idea yeah. we came in and everybody was nervous didn't know what know what we were going to say yeah we were like oh my god i think it went okay but was it entertaining <laughs> you like know us? what i'm seeing here though yeah. i'm seeing we, we've done quite a few interviews with uh you know talent uh celebrities uh, you name it um but what i'm seeing here is especially with creative and artists is a common thread um we had uh, we had Jason of Beverly Hills on the show. He makes the rings for the the championship rings for the Lakers. Right. And when he was approached to make the first ring, he said yes, but he had no clue how he was going to do it. He didn't have a staff. He had no way of doing it, but he said yes. We had Jeff Hamilton on the show. He makes the championship jackets. When Michael Jordan first said, "Hey, make me a check," he was like, oh, "Okay, I guess." You know, he had no idea what he was getting into. Kind of did. It's just going with your gut, like you said. Being not even just going with it. Say yes. Yeah. What's that? What's that one quote? I think Damian Village said it, said it a couple of days ago. When preparation meets opportunity, yeah. right? And so, like, yeah, I, I was prepared. I've been practicing art my whole life, and the opportunity was meeting Matt. Right? Like, it, it, there's something really special now that now that you're like in your podcast, you're doing your thing. So right. now you have like wisdom and experience. Right. And I bet you there's still a naive part of you. That's absolutely. like, oh, let's try going this way. And oh yeah. Absolutely. We still don't know what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, seriously? Everyone listens. We're like, yeah. okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Stay with us guys. We, we, we know, we know, we know. We appreciate it. It's, it's, it's a work in progress. <laughs> it's definitely a work in progress. <laughs> Uh, but uh, we'll be but, good next year. Yeah, but seriously, that is a, a common thread, and I like that you bring that up. Say yes, go with it. Yes. You know, take it because you don't know. Don't pass up those opportunities because you really don't know. We don't always know what opportunities are meant for us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you may think you're supposed to go there. Oh, yes. say yes. My, my first mural was 200 feet long. Wow! So uh, imagine never having touched a spray can, <laughs> never having driven a lift. Never having been on a scissor or a boom lift of any kind. That on. I don't know anything about the insurance or how to get this done. And this company reaches out with this giant wall. And they're like, we saw you in the newspaper. Can you paint this wall? What did I do? I said, yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and then my next step two was Google.com. Exactly. Fine. And then we'll figure <laughs> out how to do it. Figure out. Yeah. yeah, figure out what to do. You're you probably going to get certified to do the lift, right? You know, no, actually, you don't need to be nah. certified. Oh, that's well, yeah. Just rent it. Just rent it. Right. I, I was shocked to find that out. Too. Yeah. Well, <laughs> definitely, definitely. That, that's crazy. But you know what, though? I, I love that because he. You, you have this inspiration and you just make it happen. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, everybody that says, hey, Brian, can you come out here and do this? They they just knew that they felt that you already knew how to do it. You already knew how to go on a lift. You already knew how to do the measurements, <laughs> had a projector. And these are all the things you had to figure out. Mm -hmm. You just looked like you knew what you were doing <laughs> before you knew what you was doing. Yeah, And that, sure. that's so dope and amazing. I, I just think sometimes people can see through what we can't. Right. You. Yeah. yeah, we can't see in ourselves what people just see and go, oh, no, oh, yeah, you're totally capable. Go do it. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, what well, can I mean? Yeah. Really? Yeah. You know, yeah. just like Lindsay, like you said, Lindsay from um, uh, Dolby Theater. She hadn't necessarily checked her work. She just knew. She just knew, <laughs> like you said, in your heart. So you go with it. And it, yeah. it generally works out, I think. Yeah, because she probably felt the passion in your yeah. voice. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, she didn't need to see your work. But, but you know what, Money? Um, the Tupac Kobe was probably. You know, painted with passion too. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know, yeah. I'm, just, we, I'm sure we, we they painted hey, that with passion. It, it, it looked like it had no approval. Like, it, 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 like, you know, just you just like I'm gonna just do this wall right yeah, now. Yeah, just, 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 that's, did it. that's perfect. Well, <laughs> this is great information, and and we'll circle back around and make sure everyone can keep up to date on you. But sure. um, of course, we are an NBA show. We are a sports show, so we got to get to some NBA news. Of course, there is NBA games still going on, even though our Lakers aren't playing. So let's go ahead and jump right to some NBA playoff news if you guys don't mind um we're in los angeles lakers aren't playing but there is another team here uh they don't get much support at least in this room but that's okay uh they are exactly one win away from completing their destiny 
of losing again in the playoffs. Uh, however, they did make it at least to the conference finals this time. Money Mike, what are your thoughts on the Clippers? <laughs> you know, listen, the Clippers are consistent. I'm not here to try to bash them. Uh, you know, That's a lie. I, I listen, Clippers are consistent. I'm going to say two things really quick. I'm going to let you guys talk. Clippers are very consistent, and I'm appreciating their consistency. And the second thing I'm going to say is I disagree with Teron Lou when he says, well, if you're in L.A. and the Lakers are out, you should start rooting for the Clippers. Teron Lou, I disagree with you. And yeah. I don't even think you believe that because he was a Laker. <laughs> you know exactly. what I'm saying? Let's unpack <laughs> that right quick. Um, this is absolutely no way that we're going to go ahead and start rooting for the Clippers. There's not going to be a chance in hell that a Laker fan going, is going to root for the Clippers. And I have some of my friends are trying to get me with the L.A. It's the L.A. team. We need to root for L.A. teams. Like, no, how long have you been in Los Angeles? That's not how it works here. I'm a Raider fan. I never went for the Rams. I don't care how good, how good the Rams were. Or, or, you know, or I was a, late, you know, a King fan. I'm not going for, the, you know, the Anaheim Ducks. I know it's, you know. Still, they're close enough. You no, know, still close enough. But yeah. we're not doing that. That's just not how it is. And then they. Cover the banners. This is karma, man. Don't cover the banners. You need it for inspiration. You need to look at those and get inspired and win a couple of games at your house. What the, this, they lost how many games at home in this playoffs? Leave five? Well, pandemic, P, it strikes again. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, are you keeping up on the NBA playoffs? I am. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about our Clippers? Don't you do that. Oh. <laughs> you know, I'm not, not going to trash the Clippers, nah. but here's what I see. I feel like I see, like, so, so CP3 has had his his downfalls in the playoffs mm-hmm. on his quest to rent, win a ring, whether it was in Houston or Clippers before, right? And so I see it as like a battle of wills between like CP3 and then just like the Clippers organization. And it looked to me the other day that Chris Paul really wants it. Like he wants it more than the whole other team. Like the, the look on his face, the determination. And so I'm not a, I'm not a Clippers fan. Sorry, <laughs> my voice cracked. But I was about to say <laughs> it's hard to yeah, get that out sometimes. I, I even have friends of mine that are Lakers fans that won't say the they won't, they won't say, say the word Clippers. Clippers. Like they won't even say Anything it, right? <laughs> yeah, so, so I'm having a lot of fun watching the games. This is the first year, actually, my wife is taking notes, and she's sitting down and watching with me. So I'm teaching her That's stuff fine. about basketball. So yeah. I'm glad there are playoffs happening, and mm-hmm. I'm glad she's interested in watching them. And we've been having a lot of fun as husband and wife mm-hmm. just picking through the games. And, and look, and, I'm, and I'm really at, let me add this. I'm enjoying the mama mentality on the other team. I'm, I'm enjoying Booker, you know, you know making a way. Yeah. You know, even he had a bad game with the face mask. But well, dude, it's, hard Kobe, you know? <laughs> it's hard to see. It's hard to see. His Kobe, game went downhill as soon as he got headbutted by Beverly. But it was no about, surprise, to be honest with you. But let's think about that. When Kobe had the little yep. face shield, he played horribly. What, what did he do the next game? Got rid of face yeah, shield. Yeah. He balled out. Yeah. That's mama mentality right there. I love what Trey Young is doing over there. He's he's embracing the villain role and doing the mama mentality. So that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm, watching, the shimmy. Well, I'm watching the mama mentality going on. Not that I, I love it because because those two players that you mentioned, Booker and Trey, Kobe actually specifically pointed out before his passing um, as players. And of course, I believe Trey was John's uh, favorite player, correct? I believe so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think Gigi's favorite player was yeah, Trey. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah that so time. That. And then, you know, and then, you know, Booker, he said, when, you know, Kobe interviewed him, when they interviewed Kobe, he said, Booker tried my move on me. Like, <laughs> you know, which he loved, yeah. right? Because he tried his move on Jordan. Yeah. So, yes, I mean, that's what I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for a mama yeah. mentality yeah. player, which is Devin Booker and Trey Young. Yeah. I'm, okay. wait, I'm waiting for Booker to just get after Beverly, though. Yeah, I, I'm just waiting for that game. Where I think I need, oh, to, I need to see another 40 from Booker. Yeah, I need to, I need <laughs> it, to see it might happen. Face. It yeah. might happen next game. They're yeah. going to be at home. Right. Um, they haven't been to the finals in almost like what 30 years. So yeah, they're closing. So they, they're they're going to try their hardest. Hey, you know what? What reminds me of that is another Kobe reference. Is you know Ruben Patterson being the Kobe stopper. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like Patrick Beverly wants to be the Booker stopper, yeah. but he can't. Yeah. You know, and, and he's a great defender. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he makes plays. But I, I, a, I really dislike Beverly so much that I don't even appreciate his defense. He's just annoying <laughs> to me. Um, some players that I really dislike, I would like on my team. I, I just really dislike Beverly. <laughs> I just got to say, I really But if he him. was, but nope. No? No. <laughs> no. Man, but, yeah. Okay, so if I had him on my team and he was guarding the, the, the guy with the ball on the last play, like I'd feel good about it. Yeah. I've seen him do it countless he's times. I know he can play, I just minute. don't like so, it. So, so he's, here's the thing about it though. Like if you think about when Carl Malone came on our team, right? Yeah. Hated Carl Malone, uh-huh. right? Um, but he was on our team, so you had to root for him because he was on our team. 
But at, so Patrick Beverly was on our team. We could, you know, could play Patrick. But as soon as he leaves, yeah. I can't stand that dude. You know, yeah. that's how we want to be, right? I mean, again, a lot of teams you could see why you'd want that guy on your team. Totally, I totally get. We've had you know uh, annoyers on the team or whatever you call past this and that. Um, I get his role. I, and he plays it well. Yeah. Um, it just it, he plays it too well for me. Yeah. <laughs> he really yeah. does. But yeah. he straight up looks crazy. Yeah. I love it. I love his intensity, though. Yeah. I mean, you got to appreciate at least his intensity. He brings yeah. it every game. Yeah, I give, I give him that. Yeah, he's very intense. He brings it every game, guys. So, so I'd like to see. Of course, I, I think. Okay, coming out of the West at this point. Oh, listen, I got. I'm telling y'all right now. It's Phoenix. And the Hawks. You're going to Phoenix and the Hawks. I'm going Phoenix and the Hawks. Okay. What are you thinking? I mean, well, yeah, we have to go Phoenix, right? Uh, well, yeah, we're going Phoenix. So, what do you think about the, um, the next three? So, so the game today, um, it was going back and forth. Um, and one thing. Trey started hot. You know, and but, you know, also those, you know, Middleton also had a great fourth mm-hmm. quarter, 20 points in the fourth quarter. So, you know, Giannis is getting some help in the fourth quarter and taking some pressure off of him. He's playing a lot better once he started going to the basket and stops, you know, relying on those threes. And he's making it really hard for them to uh, to defend him. So, you know, we were talking earlier off the show about things that, you know, teams need to go through. They have to go through the fire to be able to get to that next level. And, you know, we, we all saw it. I mean, Milwaukee has been out past three three seasons yep. and they've been the ones that everyone thought that were going to go to the finals yep. too. So now that they have that, that chip on their shoulder, they're really ready to go ahead and do it. I got to go with the bucks to finish out the series, even though it's really good. And I mean, that fourth quarter was, you know, bananas, but you know, I just think that going forward the next three games, I think the bucks should be able to win. So uh, you go with experience. Yeah, I'm going, with, I'm going experience. with experience. Yeah. How do you feel about? Uh, I'm assuming the Suns at this point. <laughs> well, <if laughs> we'll I, just go with that. If not, you can get out yeah. now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if I said Clippers, the yeah. lights would show yeah. yeah. right. up. The jersey yeah. and everything. Yeah. Um, so we'll assume Suns. What are you seeing out of the East? I see Bucks as well. I see Bucks. Yeah, for, for the same reason Scott mentioned. Um, they're, they're they're tested. They're they're hurt. Right. They want it. They yeah. want it more. They've right? been through it as much as I'd love to see Trey um, in the final shimmying on people. I'd love I, to see that versus Booker, and I yeah. think it's coming. You think it's coming? Not this year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think we'll see it. I think you're prophesying point. of next year. Man, listen. I hope not. Not unless we make some amazing trade for yeah, Booker. I really don't. Yeah, next, <laughs> Look, I'll be honest with you, man. When I saw Giannis last year, he didn't want to, you know, I was turned off with him. Like, you know, when he didn't want to guard uh, a, a butler, you know, in, in the bubble. Uh, you know, you're a defensive player of the year, yeah. and you don't want, and the person that's killing you, you don't want to guard. Mm-hmm. I was turned off with that dude. I think if it get really get tough, and if it's a close game, is uh, is he going to turn down? You know, Garden Trey. I think you know if, if well, he won't turn it down. But will he volunteer? Will he just take that role? And that's what you don't like. Right. That's so what I don't like. Will he demand it? Right. If Trey's burning him, will Jonas say, right. "I'm on him"? Look, so and, and, what, uh, and we've seen. I'm sorry, to cut you off. No, no, no. I'll cut you off. Sorry about that. We we've seen you know the Hawks be down early, you know, 15 points, and then end up winning the game. You know that was that, so. I definitely think that there. This is probably going to go at least six, mm-hmm. maybe seven, and I think it's anybody's series. And I'm picking the Hawks. Yeah, you know, um, going back to I don't like the fact that he always, um, Giannis, we're talking about, is uh, always looking for approval to take the next, take the best player, you know, to get them out of their comfort zone or try to DM up. I don't like that he has to wait for the coach to tell him or assign him that guy. He should take it on upon himself. And you know, go go at the guy, uh, at least try to stop him. But when we're talking about Trey, Trey is six two, and he's on the perimeter a lot. And I know Giannis is really really good at defense, but I just I mean, unless we're gonna have the seven footer out there with, I mean, he's lanky. I mean, he's and he's and he's nice and he got defense, but it's like to put him in situations where then they can go ahead and you know run him in some pick and rolls, get him out of the play defensively, so then they can attack with other players. I don't know if they want to go. It was different with KD. Last one's KD. It was more of like a size, you know, comparison. Mm-hmm. When he's going against, you know, asking him basically to go chase a guard around, it's going to be yeah. kind of hard. Um, but he, I mean, if anybody can do it, it, it should be Giannis. Should be Giannis. Okay, so we kind of expect that now. If we if we get to our Bucks Suns, let's just the Bucks guys here. Um, what are you feeling? 
I'm going with Suns. I yeah. I, I like Suns. Yeah. I'm going with Suns, and I'm going with like Aiden having huge games. All right, yeah, all right, and he no, is I'm already right. Yeah, he came yeah. out of nowhere, Aiden. Yeah. We thought we thought that uh, it was just AD playing soft, but Aiden's really kept it on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, look, look, I say the Hawks. I think the Hawks could pull it off, but okay. definitely, if not Phoenix Bucks, it'll be Phoenix for sure. Okay, um, so if it is Phoenix Bucks, you think Phoenix would? Win? Yeah, I think Phoenix. Okay. I think definitely Phoenix. All right, I mean, because now we have to look at the coaching. Yeah, and I love. I mean, do you Monty. see the way Monty? There mm. was no timeout, and he ran the alley oop play, mm-hmm. and everybody was looking at Butler. And nobody looked at the rim or the duck, and the Clippers were lost. Like they were like, "What just happened?" Mm-hmm. Like you know, the game was not over. Clippers, yeah. the game was not over. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it, it goes down to coaching at that point for me. Stat Pat, is it uh, Bucks or Suns? I'm going Bucks. You're going Bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I'm going Bucks. Um, this first time the Phoenix will play a team that's full strength. That's number one. Uh, number two. Um, have they played anybody that as dynamic as as Giannis in so far in this no. playoffs? And they have not. Not um, not yeah. LeBron wasn't and, able to and, play and so I I will I'm I'm very interested to see how they're going to be able to handle that. Now look now I mean Chris Paul you know Booker they're nice but once again going back to that experience and being like shut out and then finally get to the finals I just don't see how they're going to let a team like Phoenix Suns to come out there and take it from him, even though Phoenix is nice, but I just think that uh, the Bucks will be able to take him. I think the pace that the Suns play in will be trouble for the Bucks. I think that'll wear Jonas out, to be honest with you, a little bit mm-hmm. uh, as the series goes on. So uh, I like the Suns. I, I really do. Um, but uh, it'll definitely be an interesting, fun series, and I would definitely look forward to a Trey versus Booker series as well yeah, one day. Like one day, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Um, we've got a lot more to talk about, a lot of coaching changes in the league uh but before we do let's take a quick break really quick and we'll get to fan we'll get to the fan club but let's take a quick break really quick let's uh, support our sponsors and we'll be right back so don't go anywhere however every once in a while you need to relax right you need to just yeah. you know chill out and relax and that's why we have a sponsor called pure life wellness alternative alternative wellness center located in chatsworth california they have all your chilling out needs uh everything you need to to calm down relax and enjoy yourself uh head on out to pure life alternative wellness center in chatsworth and they'll take care of you that's for sure they've been a sponsor of ours for a long time and we really want you guys to support them so uh they keep us chill Really, hey, Clubhouse, we're gonna get to you in a minute. Go ahead and come on stage if you have a question. Um, as we continue on the show, excellent, excellent. So, we're just gonna touch base with these these coaching changes. It's normally, you know, each year, Brian, normally, uh, each offseason is kind of a coaching carousel, meaning that, yeah, the coaches leave their jobs, but they're instantly hired at another team. So, it's not really while the coaches change teams, it's not really there's a lot of new coaches in the league. This year already, it's different. Okay, this year, we already have Chauncey Billups in Portland. He is signing on as the new coach. We have Jason Kidd. He's leaving the Lakers, going to Dallas. There are rumors that Penny Hardaway is being considered for the Magic head coaching job. And then we have Aimee Udoka from the Celtics that – or is coaching the Celtics, came from the Nets, correct? Yes, the Nets. Um, Rick Carlisle to the Pacers. He's the standard coaching carousel, but we've got some new coaches in the league. I want to add one more to that. Please. Why is Nate Robinson still the interim coach of the Hawks? Right. I mean, Nate McMillan, my fault. Nate McMillan. Yeah, he's still he's still in the room. I mean, I think he earned the job. So. Yeah, Kenny Robinson is a boxer. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, he got knocked out. He's over one. You really called him a boxer. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> he qualifies as that. Ropes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he did the rope of dope. Um, so we've had quite the, the coaching changes. What what do you think? Are you impressed with any of these, Step Pat? Um any of these hires? Do you think Chauncey will keep? Damian Lillard happy in Portland, or do you think Chauncey comes in right as Dame leaves? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that, I think that's that. I, I mean, yeah. I, I really believe that um, Dame has done this all he could yeah. to, you know, show the city of Portland that he <laughs> needs some help. I mean, he, he can't keep, you know, belling them out and hitting 40 footers, you know, every playoff series to keep them. He needs some help. I, and I like CJ. I mean, I like CJ. So mm-hmm. it's not about CJ. But they're just not getting it done. They're, just not, they're not getting it done. And um, But I do, the one that sticks out to me the most is the Rick Carlisle to the Pacers. I think um, they just needed 
somebody to you know that has that pedigree that has you know now he's back at the Pacers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> he's back. So he's like he's been. It almost felt like he's been waiting to get back. <laughs> like just biting his you know, time. Just let me get cup. back to there. So um, he's there. Um, uh, and let's see, let's see what he's gonna do with them. Um, uh, Money, Mike. Are you sad that we're losing Jason Kidd? You know what? Jason Kidd was in charge of the offense. <laughs> we didn't have a good offense, so. <laughs> so you're like, uh, hey, do what you gotta do, Jason. Do what you gotta do is all I'm saying. Because we we knew what we were getting, right? You know, we had Vogel. He was a defensive specialist. Yeah. And the fear was we needed somebody to run some offense. That was Jason Kidd, and the offense did not flourish. So, so, uh, so they didn't make adjustments. There, right? I mean, not for me. <laughs> Not for me, <laughs> but, but but I will say this is that it's really interesting that the dynamic of coaching hires is different. It used to be all these old school people. Now these first time coaches are player chance, coaches, player, right? player you know, coaches, yeah. right? You know, so Chauncey Billups, this is his first head coaching, um, you know, job. Jason Kidd has been obviously he's been there around a little bit, but he's still younger. Penny, same thing. Uh, you know, first, I mean, I think he was coaching in high school. Uh, games, you know, a couple years ago. So, you know, it, it seems like everybody's getting away from the old school hire, you know, and getting new Is that fresh the Brad blood. Stevens effect? Even though he's moved out now, I know when he came in, he was young and everyone yeah. was like, you know, that's a little bit of that. Is it for but, recruiting too? I, you know, I mean, when he said the player coach, it kind of like something went off in my head because it seems like ever since now, I mean, it looked like the players are now having a lot of input. And hiring who the, would they like to play with? Steve um, Nash and yeah. the Nets. Yeah, so you get a lot coach. of this uh, player and you know empowerment. So now they're going to be able to pick these coaches that they feel that aligns with their talents. Um, and also, they want to believe that somebody's kind of like understand the game now, not how it used to be. You know how it, it is now, mm-hmm. and you need some of that continu- continuity, uh, especially when you, you're you're coaching today's athlete. You want to be able to be have some kind of. I think you hit the nail on the head. Recruitment. I think if you're gonna get these players to your team and you're gonna get a free agent, you're gonna have to have that coach because they're not gonna come if they don't think that coach is there. They gotta have something they want to play for, Mm -hmm. and I think that's what they're they're trying for right there. I think I think that's a big part of it. And a lot of the guys, so a lot of the people that are coaching now were like veterans when some of the players were coming into the Mm -hmm. league. So there's like history. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot sense though. It's a lot of relatability. Yeah, they they actually grew up watching. Mm-hmm. Their yeah. coach play yeah. as opposed to uh, they don't you know well you know and it's really interesting you see the Sounders like what yeah when I first saw it though as far as the dynamic of coaching and players it really was like in the NFL when the coaches were talking about they used to have two or three hour meetings and now with these kids coming in with TikTok and all that stuff their attention span is not as great. Mm-hmm. So when you have an old school coach, they they expect their attention span to be the same mm-hmm. as it was 20 years ago. And then now these new people know they're familiar with social media, familiar with the short attention span. And maybe that makes them more relatable, relatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. So you know, it definitely seems to be a move yeah. to the younger coach, even though they're veterans of the, the league, uh, they're younger. Um, you know, I'd love to get involved with the uh, Los Angeles Lakers fan club on Clubhouse. Uh, do we have anyone on there that would uh, like to ask Brian any questions? He's available for Q&A. Go yeah, ahead. Go ahead. Blink your mic if you if you have a question. Anybody on there, Money, let me know and we'll go ahead and chime in there. All right, Crispy, let me hear for you. What's going on? Hey, what's up, guys? Nice to meet you, Brian. Um, I really didn't have a question. Man. I just wanted to come in here and give you your flowers. Um, being one that graduated from a, a performing arts school, man, where it was just sur- I was surrounded by arts just growing up and just, you know, that full of life um, experience, man. So I just wanted to come in here and give you your flowers, man. The mural is amazing. Um, I checked out some of your other work as well, especially my favorite one, um, that Kobe reverse dunk is iconic, man. Um, great work, man. And for you to be so humble through all of it is just heartwarming, man. So I just want to come on here, come on here, give you your respect, your flowers, man, and keep doing your hard work, keep doing your thing for the community, and keep shining into people's hearts, man. Much respect. Well, man, I appreciate that. I, I love that idea of giving the flowers while people are still here. Thank mm-hmm. you, man. I, I love that. Um, yeah, as an art school grad, I know what that's like. And so, um, man, if there's any um, if there's any creativity inside of you, man, that 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 you feel is coming out just listening to this, um, being a graduate of an art school, I I honestly believe that our destinies are like placed in us as kids. And I love to do art as a kid. 
and I feel like I'm just doing the 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 adult version of my kid self, right? And mm. so, if you and, can find that thing in your life, man, just like and, nurture and, it, water and it. Your your art skills were first used in a more technical for for car designing. Yep. So so that switch, not everyone might see that, but it's it's actually a big change, even though it's still creative. But yeah. it's a big change. So that was a big difference for you. Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. And, well, I want to ask you, tell, tell me about that, though, because, you know, everybody, when you go to college, say where you want to be, you know, it, it's the, you know, lawyer, the engineer, the, you know, all the, you know, you know, doctors and all that stuff. We say, hey, you know, I want to do art. You know, yeah. people don't really have a, OK, I, I want to graduate with an art degree. <laughs> you know, where's your job going to be? Yeah. So tell me about like yeah, the, how probably it may be inspiring or discouraging to you when you say, hey, I, I want to be do art. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to let you guys know I've been in art school since third grade or fourth grade. Mm -hmm. And so I was the kid. I used to have to take two buses and a train to get to a specialized school. But on my way home, I would have like my art portfolio. I had a tackle box full of art supplies. So I was like this like art nerd, right? Mm -hmm. And a lot of people would tell me like, oh, what are you gonna be an artist? You're gonna be a starving artist? So that term starving artist like seeded in my heart and I walked with that for years. And so one of the reasons I became a car designer, we didn't get into it much here, but mm -hmm. for 15 years, I designed cars for Chrysler Motor Group and Kia Motor Group. And um, I did that because I was like, I don't want to be a starving artist. I love art. I love painting, but I must channel that into a career. Mm -hmm. Right. And so a year and a half ago, I quit my into career safe. Mm -hmm. and now yeah, I quit safe. And it was my dream job, making great money, traveling the world. I've designed multiple cars on the road, all of that. But there was a piece inside of my soul that I'm like, this is not the land. This is not my end goal. And so I quit my job and now I'm living as a full-time not starving artist, not actually <laughs> a thriving artist. Right? And like that whole Van Gogh idea of like, you must die before you become famous. Van Gogh sold one painting mm -hmm. in, his, in his entire life. Yeah. And he's the most famous artist now. He has no idea. Yeah. He has no idea where his painting yeah, is. But that, that stigma <laughs> has put trauma in artists all around the world. Right. And you can thrive as an artist. It's possible. Yeah, definitely. That's, that's that's amazing stuff. Is there anybody else? Anybody there? have some questions for uh, Brian? Uh, stay fresh. How you doing, man? Hey, hey, Brian. How you doing? Um, good, man. Good. You're switching. You're switching your career. What was your What was your biggest motivation behind like quitting your career to, to, to pursue your dreams and what you really wanted to do? Like, because um, I'm stuck. I'm stuck between like I make clothes, so you know, um, I'm a, I'm a retired veteran. I was in the military, so I, I always want to do clothes. And, and and my biggest thing right now. It ain't a money thing. It's just I don't want to quit the possibility of not succeeding in that. And, and I don't want that to be something I look back on to and say, man, I should have did this. I love that. That's good. Yeah. So so my journey in quitting my job was a I want to tell you the heart behind it, because I think that's going to help you make your decision. So I went through a period as I started creating art, doing portraits of the homeless that I got bitter at my job as a car designer. So I'd walk into work every day and I'd say, man, what am I doing here? Like, there's so much more out there I should be doing. And I started to hate my job. And one day I'm sitting there drawing cars, working, doing my job, bitter, kind of angry, upset, wishing I was out in the world doing something else. And I felt in my heart, I felt, I, I, again, another divine moment. I felt, I felt God tell me, I'll make a way for you to leave, but you're going to leave loving your job. I won't make a way for you to leave bitter. And so I'm sitting there drawing and I made a decision in that moment to start loving my job. And I won two projects. I got promoted. And when I left my job, I left on a high. It made no sense. Everybody was like, <laughs> what I just got doing? promoted. I left with a car coming out in my name. I left like the bonus on the table, all of that. But I left at the peak because I knew I was supposed to leave with me loving it. Although all the signs were telling me you should stay, look at you thriving. I knew that was my ticket to say, I'm, I'm out of here because my heart's right. And so if you can reach that place of your heart being right, success will follow you wherever you go. Everything we do in life is an internal job. And so you can make clothes, you can mow lawns, you can cut hair, you can do murals. As long as your internal is correct and you can hear and think clearly with your heart, then you're ready to do whatever it is. Podcast, it doesn't matter, right? Doesn't matter. You don't have to answer this question, but I got to ask. <laughs> 
So you because here comes I, Money Mike. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You've you, been you, pretty you. good this, is, this whole I show. This is pretty out of I want you. You always scoot away from yeah. him when yeah. it's CC. You always like head over this here. Hey, if you already look at this on TV, hey. you got to Brian, I, I warned you. Like I told you, man, I, I come up with the crazy stuff. So you telling me that you was at Kia, you you got cars in your name, you yeah. got bonuses, and you come home to your wife and say, "Yo, I'm about to quit." Yeah, and <laughs> tell me that story. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, okay. So, so I mean, if yeah. you want to, if no, you want, good, yeah. So, but I want to hear that story because, you know, and honey, I'm about to go pick these homeless people. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you wilding, right? I, I'm just, I, look, sorry, sorry. Uh, it's, very, it's very admirable. Yeah. So here's the deal. So, so this is the crazy part, and this is why it matters who you marry, right? You're right, correct. My oh. wife was telling me to quit my job at Kia two years before I quit. Okay. So she was pressuring me to quit before I was internally ready. She was already there. She's like, I believe in you. She's like, I see what you can do. I see she, she, my wife is, she's very visionary. And then she also has great discernment. So she can see when there's like discontent building in me. And she was telling me to quit two years before. So when I finally came home and I'm like, I feel like I got a revelation. I'm going to quit. She was literally like, I've been telling you that for two years. Like, like she literally said, "Why don't you ever listen to me?" Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and so, so, so you thought you were about to incite her? She's like, "Oh, yeah, great, yeah, great. yeah." And you went in, it was like, yeah. "She was not even happy for it." It took too long. Yeah, she was excited, but she, again, she was like, "She's like, I want you to know that I believe in you." Like, she believes in me more than I believe in. That's amazing. Again, they, she yeah, that's, that's, amazing. that's the one. That's, yeah, that's the one. You don't always see in yourself. Yeah, like the the things that she's told me right now that are like. Um, seeds in my head, like yeah. words from her mouth to right. me. Like I'm scared of walking in the things that she has said. This mm -hmm. is what I see you doing, That's right? Because they're big things. Mm -hmm. I'm just Beautiful. like, I don't know if I can contain all the things you believe about, <laughs> right. Me, right? But that's <laughs> that, that's the right word. Yeah. Spouses be that person for the yes. right. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yes. That's the, that's absolutely. why people are, embrace are joined in union. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yes. that's amazing. I had that to ask. Yeah. No, I had yeah. to ask. It's fair. Like, it's you know, fair. Because you know, got a family. Well, because see, everything traditionally is all about stability. You know what I mean? And and even. In, in talking to my mom, you know, my daughter says she wants to be an entrepreneur and my mom doesn't like the fact my daughter wants to be an entrepreneur because the culture is get a job, work 30 years, get a yeah. pension, you know, and you'll yeah. be safe. You know, so now, you know, when you're working and you have that safe yeah. and you go out to something that you love to do, yeah. it can be very di difficult. Sometimes. But there's there's something there's something that it's, it's actually hard to describe, but there's like a gear that kicks in mm -hmm. once you come from underneath the safety net. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like there's things that I think about, things that I execute, like I hired an assistant recently, right. like my business is growing. And it's because. When you're when you when you step from underneath the net or out of the net, your brain starts to process things differently, and you start to think, okay, how am I going to be entre entrepreneurial about this? How am I going to reach out to this client? How are we going to sign that deal? Like all these things happen within you, but it comes from you have to get out of safety. Right. It's like if we were talking basketball, yeah. you need the finals experience, you mm -hmm. need the losses in order to to, to quantify winning the mm -hmm. next year. And that's the, that's like you need adversity in life. Mm -hmm. Like adversity is the only way mm -hmm. we grow and thrive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes quitting and being a little scared is actually the best thing for you. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I love that. Again, get love uncomfortable that. people. Yes. Don't always don't get complacent. Don't just right. sit in your own spot cuz it's comfy. If you know there's something else for you, yeah. you feel it, go get it. And go I'll, grab it. Often what I found, I've just learned this over the last 5 years is that your breakthrough is on the other side of your biggest fear, mm -hmm. right? True. Yeah. yeah. So, that's like, true. You, whatever you fear, that's where your destiny is standing. It's behind yeah. that wall, right. and either you got to chip through that wall, break through that wall, blow the wall down, slowly scale the wall. However, you get over that wall of fear is going to be you stepping into your plan, the plans and purposes for your life. But you got to do the work. My man, Brian, we, my man, Brian, over here. right now, dude, dropping bars, yeah, hey, spitting noise. Hey, yo, I think we should just start a streaming channel. Yeah, 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 there it is. There it is. <laughs> yeah, we can start a streaming you channel. Know, you know, actually, actually, that, actually, that, actually that, that brings up a great point before before we proceed and move forward because we're almost close to the end of the show here, guys. Um, we have a very, very special event coming up. Money Mike, can you please inform everybody what's going on? We have a super special event on July 15th, and we're in conjunction with the Los Angeles Lakers fan club room. Please. Yeah, so July 15th, you know, uh, we're going to do a special premiere of Space Jam 2. Uh, Profane Nation is hosting it, along with Clubhouse and Fan Nation TV. Um, that's a streaming service that we're going to create in a couple of months. But um, LA Live, 7 o'clock, 
Uh, you can go to fannationtv.com, uh, pay $25 to get in. You're going to get a uh, special, uh, you know, T-shirts and, and souvenir souvenirs. There's going to there's gonna be a raffle for some uh, uh, giveaways. And also, if you can't go, you can still go to that same website. And we're looking to get at least 100 kids that would not have had the opportunity to go to the movies to watch Space Jam. Um, so if you want to go ahead and donate, go to Foundation. TV.com is a slot for that where you could buy a ticket for a child to go and watch the movie as well uh, one day before uh, the national premiere. So, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the, the movie actually comes out on the 16th, but we have the premiere on the 15th. So, if you want to see it a day early, you can come join us. If you aren't in the area, if you're listening on the fan club room, but you're not in the Los Angeles area, but you still want to help, again, you can go to fannationtv.com and you can actually donate to purchase a ticket for a underprivileged youth in the Los Angeles area to go see a movie and uh for the ticket you purchase of course it sends them and a parent we're, we're sending them and a parent and uh we have sponsors that are helping us we have state farm that's helping us uh tran trend from state farm we have jesse brown from keller williams united one united uh, security. one security we have uh, avnp wrap uh car wrap company yeah. so we have a lot of support for this and thank you to them because they're the ones making it possible um but uh yeah definitely definitely a great event and you guys definitely if you need information fan Nation, F A N A T I O N, one word, fannation tv.com all right so uh if you listen to our show you know that we always finish on a high note and uh brian has just barely had a taste of money mike in this hour but now he's going to get a good dose of it because we always finish the show with money mike's out of bounds money's going to share his opinion on a situation and he just wants to know if his thoughts are in bounds or out of bounds so look, look brian you're the guest so you always have to agree with me okay, okay. <laughs> clubhouse you guys are ready you come up and i'm gonna ask you guys too i need y'all help so look, I've been looking at what's going on, you know, you know, with the Clippers and not mainly Kawhi Leonard, right? And and I'm seeing the same thing that we saw in San Antonio. Um, I think Kawhi is done with with, with uh, the Clippers. Don't know what happened. We ain't gonna know. But am I out of bounds yeah, to say yeah. that Kawhi Leonard is no longer gonna play not one more game in the Clippers uniform? We'll start with stat. Um, man, I think you're in bounds, man. I think I think I think you're right. I've seen this movie before. Um, he did this, you know, with San Antonio. Now it's kind of hard for me to think that he's not going to play with the Clippers, all, like again. But it's the it, you know they're saying that he's supposedly not happy with the training staff. So when there's smoke, there's fire, man. Same so movie. I mean, it's it's uh, yeah, same movie. I mean, so <laughs> you might be in balance on that one, bro. I mean, I I, 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 I gotta agree with you on that. Oh, cool, hey. Brian. And packs that packed in there. I'm, yeah, I'm barely to stat. Right, Brian, what ahead. do you think about that? Yeah, what's that quote? Uh, fate loves irony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm say I agree. That's in balance. Wow. Yeah, All right. That's in play. Woo. That's um, in play. I, I would right. say I, maybe it was confirmed by by the look on his face when he was excited last game. <laughs> oh, let's see that. We actually have that. He, you know what? It's rare that uh, Kawhi Leonard gets very excited, but we're going to go ahead and play this because Mike Breen called it out during the Clipper game. Let's go ahead and play this. We have this, this Clipper. George looking to draw a foul, drills it, and this building has come alive. The lead is cut to six. Kawhi Leonard going crazy. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so for those of you that are not on YouTube, you need to get there and see that. Or Facebook, he literally did not change his expression. So that was a sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. Kawhi going crazy. Hey, yeah. Crispy, my man, you know, am I inbounds with this? Nah, I mean, you definitely inbounds with it. I don't think he'll play another play another game um in that jersey, man. So I'm, I'm with you on this one, Money Mike. Hey, man, I'm about to get 100%. Stay fresh. Well, you got an opinion? Come on, I get my 100%. <laughs> um, I don't think so, man. I don't, I don't think it's going the way they thought it was going to go, man. I think I think the Lakers really, like, bombed on everything they, they thought was going to go in the Clippers' way. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a good fit for them. So you so you think you think Kawhi is done, right? He's not playing another another game in Clipper uniform. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't a fit for him. It just it just right, cool. clicked the way he thought it was gonna click. So I don't think so. All right. Well that hey, well, hang hey, on. I, the, I haven't quite said yet. So you're close. Go ahead. Do you want to no, say? I think that's everybody right okay. now. I, I, I'm gonna keep my hundred percent. This is what I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say that that I think you're in bounds. <laughs> However, if that's the way this goes down. Then Kawhi's dirty. And what I mean by that is this is the second team he's quit on. Quit yeah. on the team. 
because of the training staff. No, no, no. His team are the players that he plays with, his coach. The training staff is the training staff. Hey, these guys have their own training staff. I do believe that you're in bounds, but I think it's dirty, and I think if it does go that way, he's a quitter. Look, this is the way I look at it, man. This guy was over in the box. You know what I mean? We had CP3, COVID protocols, FaceTiming people when they go in the tunnel. I yep. could not figure out, like, why Why soon they get to – who are they talking to? Is there an emergency? <laughs> <laughs> you know, every time CP3 is like literally FaceTiming yeah. them, yeah. you know, and they handed the ball like a football, like a football handoff. Mm-hmm. You know, as soon as they hit it, like yeah. CP3 is more engaged at home than Kawhi is in, in, <laughs> in the, the state. Is Come on, man. <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. So you got 100%. Good job. Wow. What's the Exactly. June, June 27th. <laughs> you my lucky charm, bro. Yeah, exactly. Okay, you got coming all the time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, everybody who's listening, thank you so much for joining us for another episode. Uh, next Sunday is July 4th. We are actually going to be spending that with our family. Yeah. So what that means is we're going to be playing an encore presentation of an incredible interview we did with Jeff mm-hmm. Hamilton. Jeff Hamilton, if you do not know, is the designer of the incredible NBA championship jackets, just to name a few. Yep. He's done NASCAR jackets. He's done jackets for Drake and every rap star in the world but uh, we're going to go ahead and replay that interview on July 4th and you definitely want to hear that if you haven't already because it's a great interview and Jeff was a great guest. Um, We want to thank Brian. Brian, thank you so much Brian Peterson for uh, joining us in studio. Incredible guest. Of course, uh, Faces of Santa Ana is your cause and please just let anyone know one more time how they can either support or just come check out. Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Brian Peterson Art or Instagram at Faces of Santa Ana. We also have brianpetersonart.com and facesofsantaana.com. And then one more time, what I'd like you to tell is uh, you have the Faces of Mankind show at, where was that, Museo? Yeah, it's called Museo, M-U-Z-E-O, and that's in Anaheim, California, in Orange County, and it's on display until August 11th. Tickets are $10, and you'll get to see portraits of the houseless from four cities <laughs> around our country and a it. bunch of cool artwork. I love it. Yeah, you definitely. I'm go definitely there. going. To oh, yeah, we're going there. there. My, no doubt. I'm, no doubt. I'm taking my, my uh, daughters. For sure. Yeah, that's why I noted mm-hmm. it down. Yeah. I'm definitely yeah. going to make so it. So Mosea went in Anaheim. Yeah, until Anaheim. August 11th. Yeah, Faces yeah. of Mankind show. Yeah. Brian, again, thank you so much for joining us. Everybody out there, thank you for joining us tonight with the Profanity Nation. We are the voice of the professional fan. Uh, we're here every Sunday night at 8.30 p.m. live. That's on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and of course, the Los Angeles Lakers fan club room and clubhouse. We thank you everybody on clubhouse. Have a great week. Have a great July 4th. And we will be back on July 11th with a great guest. Stay tuned with us so that you can uh, keep up to date on that guest, but uh, we will update you soon. So uh, stick with us. Thank you so much, everybody. We're out this bitch. A podcast for the fans, by the fans. Dive deep into the topics the other shows miss, raw and uncensored. And he's going to play team ball. His legacy is at stake. Rare, hard-hitting interviews with players, coaches, and you, the super fans. I'm not hating. I'm like, okay, cool. Three championships in five years. He's more than good, bro. Profanity Nation. Listen live or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Powered by Jesse Brown of Keller Williams. The Profanity Nation is now the official podcast of the Los Angeles Lakers fan club on Clubhouse. Be sure to join over 5,000 strong and growing. Also, text Lakers to 22828 for a chance to win a free t-shirt. Again, text Lakers to 22828 for a chance to win a free t-shirt.